Hi everyone, my name is Sue. I'm a full-time working woman in her late 40s and mom to two young energetic boys living on beautiful Vancouver Island. I want to take this opportunity to share my experience working with Rachel Varga. With aging skin and a busy lifestyle, I felt that I needed some serious guidance on how to tackle my skin issues and overall wellness. Since my early 20s, I have made my skin health, diet and exercise a top priority. But I eventually found that the skin and hair care products I was using and spending a lot of money on just weren't cutting it. I scheduled a one-on-one consultation with Rachel earlier this year in May and also attended the recent spring skin camp where I learned so much from the tutorials. During the one-on-one, I instantly felt a warmth and openness and Rachel really took the time to listen and provide practical and personalized recommendations. She now has me dialed in with my products and supplements to support me from the inside and out. After only using the products for a couple of weeks, my skin and hair felt incredible and it helped me to not only restore my confidence, but I am now receiving compliments on my healthy glow. Rachel also provided some valuable biohacking tips for both me and my family. Over the months, Rachel always took the time to respond to any questions I had. I recently had a 30-minute follow-up appointment with Rachel and again, it was such a pleasure connecting with her. Her expertise in the field of skin aging and radiance is unparalleled and I trust her completely. Rachel has changed my life and she has inspired me to strive to be the best version of myself in every way. I can't recommend working with her enough. Hello and welcome to today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, a humble human on a mission here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin, and nails of your life using my background since 2011 as a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist and having performed over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures. I bring the best of many worlds, including the worlds of home care, in clinic, and also the research behind what truly can help slow aging looking at some of my research on oxidative stress status and its impacts on the skin. In the School of Radiance podcast, we explore many things beyond just the superficial to help you glow from the inside out and become your most radiant version. Enjoy today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to today's episode where we are discussing how to live vibrantly radiantly and with adventure we have a very exciting guest joining us here today let me tell you a little bit about dan miller dan is an internationally renowned nutrition and fitness expert developing health and wellness programs for all walks of life from executives to professional fighters and everyone in between Dan's flexibility is paramount for him to push the discussion of health toward attaining vibrant longevity without disease or disorder. He has presented his strategies to tens of thousands of executives worldwide, helping them to live longer and healthier lives, reduce healthcare costs, and achieve greater personal and workplace productivity. Dan's engaging, interactive style has inspired thousands to achieve permanent, life-changing results. In 2014, Dan was featured by the Visage International Speaker Showcase was awarded the Above and Beyond Award in 2015, and in 2018 was awarded Massage International Speaker of the Year. Additionally, he was awarded the Top Performer Award in 2020. In 2021, was awarded both 
Top Performer and Star Performer Award and Top Performer in 2022. His programs based on modern medical science and our evolutionary past target longevity with less disease as primary purpose and are designed to permanently end the fad dieting compulsion in order to allow the body to heal as nature intended. Dan is not only a world leader in nutrition and fitness, he he is a 40-year veteran of martial arts. He has practiced, coached, and studied many disciplines, including jiu-jitsu and kickboxing, which I have as well for 12 12 years, and taekwondo. Physical feats are no stranger to Dan, as he is also a performer he is also a former Guinness World Endurance Record holder for the 48-hour treadmill marathon event. Dan also hosts international expeditions every year for executives and their families to experience real adventure, indigenous cultures, and world-class ancient cuisines. Dan is currently working towards his PhD in indigenous health, holds three master's degrees in business administration, strategic leadership, and project management, and leads an average of 100 and reads an average of 100 books a year to have a working knowledge of the human body and what can go awry when we stray from our primal beginnings. His education transcends nutrition, allowing him to identify with the challenges faced by today's busy executives. In addition to being a world-class public speaker and coach, Dan is also leading a global revolution in the cannabis industry. And for the last two years, has been researching the body's endogenous cannabinoid system and how it affects all aspects of life. If that's not enough, Dan is also the host of the Uncaged TV show on Brinks.tv. Dan's an entrepreneur, business owner, author, speaker, scientist, adventurer, martial artist, scuba diver, mentor, and father. Welcome, 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 Dan Miller. How are you today? So good. Doesn't that make it sound like I'm busy? <laughs> this is the only thing on my calendar today. So I can't even call it a half day. Well, you know what? That honestly, living more simply, living more ancestrally, that's when you know you've made it, is when you're not in the rat race all the time. Am I right? Yeah, I think it was Desmond Morris who called our hunter-gatherer ancestors the original affluent society. Because what they discover and what you can look at in, in hunter-gatherers today that live on this planet, a lot of people don't think because we're in this, they don't think there's hunter-gatherers still living on this planet, but there are. Uh, they work an average of five hours a day to get food, to get shelter, and to provide for their families the necessities of life. Uh, five hours a day. I ask my executive clients all the time, how many of you in this room are working half days and have everything you could ever dream of? No one ever raises their hand. I kind of do that with my own schedule. A day doesn't start until 11, so I get plenty of beauty sleep, right? I don't schedule when, when I'm able. When I'm on the road and when I'm presenting at 8 o'clock in the morning in New York and then have to fly the next day to California and do it all over again, that's a little different. But when I'm in my nest, Dan takes care of Dan. And Dan doesn't like to work too hard when he's nesting. And that's important. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I actually do that as well with my lifestyle. I don't take appointments, but before 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm out in the backyard catfish every day now. (laughs) Yeah, so a a slower life is going to allow for more exciting opportunities. I'm I'm more productive, Rachel, when I slow it down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that sentiment for sure. 
Okay. So the unlimited bajillion dollar question I love to ask everybody here on the show. What does radiance mean to you? Because when I see you, I see a highly radiant man. So I'm taking some notes out of your playbook, Dan. All right. I like it. Uh, I don't. So when I think about the word radiance and I think about what it means to me, I think it's more of a feeling than than a description. So and, and what I mean by that, when I go back to some of our ancestral peoples that are that I get to spend time with. Uh, some of the indigenous cultures, there's a lot of times where they're, they're just like, hey, shut up. They're, this moment doesn't need words. Just be like, enjoy this thing. You don't have to keep trying to describe it with words. And when I hear words like radiant, um, that's one of those words to me where I can tell you who's radiant, but I can't tell you why I think that because it would ruin it if I tried to break it apart. Like, why is that sunset so beautiful? I don't know. It just is. Like trying to describe why it's so beautiful kind of wastes the, the moment. So I like the word radiance as uh, vibrant, alive, uh, powerful. But, but those are weak words, I think. I think our language is too small for what we are stuck inside these tiny little bodies. Yes, I, I do agree with you in that regard. I do love to study linguistics and other people in the space of linguistics as well. And how words can sometimes distort how we interpret things. I'll never forget the first time I saw you. It was at the biohacking conference. I was speaking with a group of friends, or about five of us. And then I look over and noticed your radiant, vibrant energy. You were looking right at us and you had a massive, warm smile on your face. And I could tell that you were picking something up on what our friends were, what we were all exchanging in our circle. What was your observation of us? It was, you, so it's hard to describe, but I'll try. You, your group was so much different than everyone else at that conference. You just, you glowed it, without me being able to see the glow, right? I'm not one of those people that says, I can see your aura. I don't think anyone has the visual cortex to be able to do that. However, I think we can feel different energy from people. That gut feeling, those those uh, the gut bugs that are living in our in our uh, intestinal tract right now are sending signals to my brain saying those people are really awesome and they're kind of like you. So that I think that's what drew me to you is that you just had an energy about you that was different and more than what I'd been seeing at that conference. So it's funny you mentioned that because it's actually something that I teach is how to enter a room and have the right people notice you in the right way at the right time. And then also how to be stealth from the people that we don't want to engage with, yeah. how to enter a room and have people be like, oh, I just wanted to come up to you for your energy. So what you said is actually validation for what I'm here to teach and what I, what I love teaching is helping people be more vibrant. Yeah. So more about, more about you, I would love for you to tell us your story and what led you to live and lead a life of adventure. Well, I've been studying martial arts since I was 12. I started teaching martial arts at about 13. So if you can imagine a 13-year-old teaching adults how to kick and punch for the first time in their life. These are people who have never done anything. Maybe they were uh, decommissioned athletes. Maybe they had done something athletic in, in high school and then been done with it. And 
anyway, for whatever reason, they come into a program wanting to study martial arts. And you got to remember, this is 80s, mid 80s. So Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris were what's on TV uh, and on the big screen. So some of the stuff we see now, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu wasn't popular yet. The UFC wasn't popular. Uh, fighting in general wasn't popular. Uh, taekwondo wasn't even in the Olympics yet. So this was uh, kind of one of those fringe activities people involved themselves in. But having been training for a year and a half and then starting teaching at age 13, I, I found myself really good at explaining complicated physical movements to people who weren't used to doing those. And I did that. I taught martial arts all the way deep into my 20s. I stopped getting hit in the head when I was about 27 due to some permanent eye injuries from that. I'm still living with those. Um, but but then I got kind of out of that. I started working a real job and got into you know real work and didn't have a lot of time to do what I was doing there. And I I always thought, even when I was working in the pharmaceutical industry, I need to do something to give back in this in this self defense space. So I was running these twelve week intensive self defense basic training courses uh, where mostly women, but a lot of guys would sign up for those just to learn the basics of punching and kicking. And not an official program, no belts to be had. Just twelve weeks of learning some, you know, small joint manipulation and getting out of trouble. And I met a gentleman uh, named Mark McDonald. He's a uh, uh, two-time New York Times bestselling author and at the time was on headline news as their health and wellness guy. And he looked at me one day, and this is in Fargo, North Dakota, over 12 years ago. He said, dude, why aren't you teaching nutrition? And this is a world leader in this, asking me why I'm not doing what he's doing. So I took that as a hint from the universe. Sometimes the universe whispers, sometimes she screams. That was a whisper. And I leaned into it hard and studied everything I could about nutrition and wellness and physical activity and all of the things that I now teach. I was deep into that world for over the last decade because of Mark McDonald. He's the reason, the catalyst, that little grain that just broke everything loose. But I do it as an homage to my father and mother who both died very, very early. Uh, Dad died at 56 two-pack-a-day smoker, raging alcoholic, sides of lung cancer. Surprise. But he's listed as a cancer death, right? So number two cause of death in the country, cancer. My dad is just bulked in there, even though cigarettes and alcohol caused his cancer. We don't blame the cigarettes and alcohol. We blame the cancer. Mom died at 74. This is just back in 2019, pre-whatever well, virus you want to talk about. Uh, mom had uh, seven diseases killing her at the same time and finally in a nursing home at five in the morning succumbed to the lymphoma, which is, again, cancer killed my mother. And I don't look at that and go, well, Dan's going to die of cancer. I look at those journeys and go, well, mom drank two liters of soda a day, ate French fries every day for 30 years, never took care of her body ever. She didn't work out ever. And she died, statistically speaking, eight years earlier than American women die. So she dies at 74. I look at my parents and I look at what we're capable of and think I'm not going to let that happen to anyone who will listen. I'm not going to coach people who don't want to listen. So I'm not going to preach. But I am going to talk to people who are, are telling me, Dan, we'd like some help. Will you come help us? I've got a whole bunch of stuff stuck up in here from all of the books behind me and the books that don't make it there and the reading that I've done and scientific studies and my time in pharmaceuticals and, you know, 40 years of martial arts. There's a lot of things we can go over. That's why I do what I do. My origin story, though, really, and what I'm doing right now is Mark McDonald in Fargo, North Dakota, 12 years ago. He's he's the, the thing that got me going. 
And then I thought, well, if I can stop people from dying like my parents, why not keep doing this? Yeah, I love that. And a lot of us, we learn from our parents things that they did in their lives that we're not going to repeat and we're going to do better. And I learned this from my mother too, as a night nurse, she dedicated her whole life to caring for her patients and neglected her health. And she was 210 pounds of breast cancer. She's doing a lot better now that I've got her on the biohacking train. And I just, I love your vitality and your vigor for life. And uh, I think it's very, very cool that you want to live to 130 and your way out of this life experience is going to be doing what you love, which, you know, might be scuba diving. Maybe I'll be there with you. I'll be hanging out with some sharks. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The goal, I mean, if nothing else, I want to die in my sleep, not die in pain. Like both of my parents did. My dad was crying when he took his last breath, Uh, tears in his eyes in the hospital crying because he was suffocating to death and he knew it. I don't want to go out like that, especially not at 56. My God, I'm 52. I feel better than I've ever felt. I just got my blood work back. Textbook perfect for a 30-year-old. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm going to continue to take some notes out of your playbook. That's for darn sure. And I really look forward to you coming to visit me here in South Florida and filming some things in person because as an outdoor enthusiast myself that's how i let my masculine come out to play actually yeah yeah i think that's a great way to do that without a doubt Mm -hmm. and we'll record one of my shows out there with you yeah and you did actually mention the aura i do actually have some technology that can visualize the human biofield so when you come visit we'll get you set up with that so you can actually see what your biofield looks like as well which is pretty cool yeah that's great so getting into some of the secrets that you do behind the scenes, I want to know some of your secrets. What are some of your secrets to health that are rarely talked about, especially in the biohacking space, longevity space, that could be, you know, potentially a little bit more fringe or a little bit more woo. Don't be afraid to go where you need to go to share on the show. Well, let's do the woo-woo one. The one that a lot of people are like, oh, that's garbage. I've actually had somebody in a workplace wellness culture fire me because I'm about to say what I'm about to say. So there there goes a, you know, a multi seven figure or six figure rather contract because they didn't like what I said. One person complained to HR and the, the program was over. Here's the deal. Stress isn't real. There's people arguing our lives aren't real and it's all a simulation. And I'm telling you, stress isn't real. It's not real. You're making it up. And it's the number one killer in this country. It's why people drink. It's why we eat sugar. It's why we watch too much TV. It's why we're angry in traffic. It's why we get mad for no reason. And we normalize it and we glorify it. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's my number one secret to a stronger immune system. My number one secret to better skin. My number one secret to better anything is stress isn't real. You're making it up in your head. And I'll give you an example of that. Uh, Rachel, you're going to be able to identify this uh, very, very quickly. I've been diving since I was 19 years old. Uh, I'm a North Dakota kid who goes scuba diving. Somebody's watching this going, I don't know geography that well. How's the scuba diving in North Dakota? Sucks. No ocean anywhere. So always traveling somewhere warm and always in the water with sharks. There's something that drew me early uh, in my teens and, and 20s to if I'm not in the water with something bigger and stronger and faster than me, I'm kind of bored. 
And if I want to be bored, I can do that on land. So I know there's people that are into the micro and, and macro type photography and they like the small creatures. I'm not one of those. I like the big stuff. So I've been diving with sharks for 30 years. I'm in the water two years ago with a person who is on their second ocean dive. They'd been in their first ocean dive to get their certification. And then they're on their second dive with me. I'm a guy who likes to see sharks. They were not so keen on that because they've only seen sharks on the Discovery Channel. So swim down to this 30-foot wreck. This is in uh, uh, off the Florida Keys. Swim down to this 30-foot wreck. There's a nine-and-a-half-foot nurse shark laying down there. Now, if you don't know about sharks and you're hearing nine-and-a-half-foot shark, number one, that's pretty small for a shark. Number two, nurse sharks don't even have teeth. And as you know, Rachel, nurses are helpful, not hurtful. So, hey, they're, not, they're really not after you. The person I'm diving with didn't know that. They just saw a fin on the back of the head and thought, we're all going to die. That thing's going to eat Dan. Now, I know better. I, I'm going with my camera and trying to touch this thing because that's great video. The person I'm with is having a heart attack in the water, very stressed out. And I tell people all the time, sharks are real. You can touch them. But the stress that's caused by them is not. It's made up in our head, even though they are real. And it's made up in our head because we don't have exposure to those situations. So they're new to us. So education plays a role. And they didn't trust the fact that that team that they're with could keep them safe. Right. So I always look back at what are what's the most dangerous situation we could be in. Right. Arguably, it's somebody shooting at you. That's a, a pretty dangerous situation. Statistically speaking, it's getting in your car. But arguably, it's much more dangerous if somebody has a gun and they're firing at you. So I look at what are the most well-trained soldiers on the planet do to deal with bullets. And the reality is it comes back to the same things my mom used to beat back homelessness in 1990. Our soldiers use the same tactics mom used, and they're the same tactics I use for sharks. Here they are. Are you ready? This is a big mystical secret that no one talks about because no one's going to make any money if you don't stress out. Secret number one is make sure you're always surrounded by people who can help. That's the biggest secret I can give people for money, for sharks, for bullets, for homelessness. Make sure you have people that you can call on and say, I need help. Number two, go in very well trained. Those are the two big secrets. Lots of people around you that can help you with whatever your stress is and train yourself on that thing. So when you get exposed to it again, not a big deal. Sharks for me, no big deal. After my time in Alaska earlier this year, bears are not that big of a deal anymore either. They used to be. And now they're like, yeah, not really, not anymore. As long as I have somebody around me that I can outrun, Bears are not a big deal at all, right? So, so if you have, if you're taking notes at home, folks, it's don't go hiking with Dan. I train to be the fast one in the group. Yeah, but but so there it is. That's I mean, that's the it's a secret because no, it's not profitable. Nobody talks about it. Nobody says, "Hey, stop stressing out. You're making it up in your head." And the vast majority of people are stressed about their job. They're stressed about money. They're stressed about their relationships. And I ask those people, "Is it the relationship that's causing the stress?" Or is it your reaction to the relationship that's causing the stress? And the reality of it is, I can put bears on that list and I can put sharks on that list, even though those might be dangerous. It is our reaction to those things that causes all of this. And this is when we were talking during uh, the virus thing that happened for a couple of years, 
uh, people would say, what do we do about our immune system, Dan? I'm like, stop stressing out. That's the number one thing you can do to weaken your immune system. When we look at breast cancer rates in women, it's one of the top three exacerbators for breast cancer in this country is stress. Stress is number one because your body can't fight anything. It's worried about you fighting something external that doesn't even exist. So surround yourself with tribe members who are prepared to do battle with you, whether that's money or relationships or real bears, and then make sure you have an education on those things. That's the number one hack, if you will, um, because it's, it's fringe to tell people that their stress is made up in their head. They get mad at you. I've had people get really mad. I'm like, well, I don't stress about those things. So how can that be a stress? Right? Oh, I also love absolutely everything you said. I mean, you're definitely hired in my books in every regard. Um, and there's some really cool overlap here. So living dangerously is something that I have brought into my life and intentionally exposed myself to very challenging situations. We were talking about this um, on air when that virus was happening. You know what I was doing? I was hopping in my Jeep and I was going four by four and 200 miles out of cell reception. I was the mechanic. Yes, I did have some mechanical failures. There's bears everywhere. You'll smell them. You're, you'll hear them. You'll sense them. You can smell them before you hear them or anything. They smell so bad. Same with cougars. I uh, had some mechanical breakdowns. All exciting. I'm also a bush mechanic. And uh, that, that became a little bit unreliable. Upgraded to an older Land Rover. And that's what I do for fun. I get into the woods. I make calculated risks. I come prepared. So living dangerously is a really key part of radiance. And I'm going to explain this. So living dangerously by always being ready. So understanding the threats, right? When I did my first scuba dive, I trained with some ex-military guys in Canada. They were diving in their, their dry suits. We were all in our wetsuits, you know, dying of hypothermia. Like my feet felt like pegs when I got out of the water. It was just brutal. Yeah. And then my first open water dive without an instructor was with three reef sharks. And I did my research. I knew that reef sharks weren't really going to go after me. Nurse sharks, they might kiss you to death. Right. Yeah. And uh, sure. I went through my oxygen a little bit faster, but it was exciting. I was the one that was closest to the sharks. So I'm really excited to go diving with you actually in the keys at some point for sure. Yeah. But really understanding what threats could be around you. And then always being ready so that you don't have to stress about it. You've done your due diligence, right? And then always being resilient is a key part too, to always being radiant. And the more confident we are, right? That's why a lot of people do skin rejuvenation without them realizing it. They want to look better so that they're more confident so that they can build their community. And for those of you listening, you want to have a fun community of Dan Miller's and Rachel's in your back pocket to hang out with. And I totally agree with you with the stress side of things. In fact, last weekend, I was at a church service at a new church, just looking for a new, new place to go here in South Florida. And the speaker was talking about how those negative thought forms actually aren't from the highest. no. They're not from the highest at all. They're kind of just like interjected in there. And we can also think of that as a higher brain, the reptilian brain. But these are thoughts that are meant to keep us sick and low. And we need to learn how to master that and literally turn those thoughts and sentiments off. So I'm completely on um, very similar wavelength in regards to that with you. 
And I just commend you for being on such big stages talking about this and having the bravery because more people, we need more people like this that are focusing on the present moment awareness, living exciting lives. And yes, being around bears, cougars, sharks, bring it on. We got gators here in South Florida too. And I think they're actually adorable. (laughs) You know, look, if you know them, right? They can, anything in this world could be scary if you don't know it. So I'm a big fan. And Rachel, you kind of mentioned something already, right? That resilience piece, that stepping into the unknown intentionally and strategically. I always tell people, it's if I'm if you see me doing something that looks dicey, it's intentional and it's strategic. I've planned it out, I've trained for it, and I'm surrounded by people that'll keep me in my safety bubble. The the difference between me and most other folks, my safety bubble is huge. It's not a tiny little bubble that just involves the couch. And anytime I'm off the couch, I get weirded out. My safety bubble is gigantic because I do gigantic things because I only get 130 years in this body. And then it's off to do something else. I don't know what that is. But in this little meat suit, I get 130 years and the world is way too big to see it all. So I'm going to do the best I can. And if that means I can teach some lessons along the way then that's fantastic. Then that's, I look at that. That's the gift that I can give while I'm receiving so many is let's put some information out there so people can follow that. And the resilience piece, I always tell people you need, if you have children right now, listen up, this is a, this is a game changer. You need to train them to be warriors standing in the garden of life instead of gardeners that find themselves inadvertently thrust into war right? So train everything, learn everything. Like learn, I'm learning first aid before we go Kilimanjaro uh, is three and a half weeks away. Three and a half weeks from now, I'll be on the side of the tallest freestanding mountain in Africa. And I want, I trust the guides, but I don't trust them enough. So I'm learning some other first aid stuff that I need to brush up on before we go, because I want to know that if something goes wrong, I got this. I don't want to be lost right? People are listening to this that can't change a tire and they drive a car every day. That's lost completely. Yeah. Granted, you can hire professionals to do that, but what if you can't? There's, we're getting into this space where everything is available to hire out and nobody can do anything on their own anymore, including cook their own food, hunt their own food, plant their own garden. And I'm telling you, you're not going to walk around my place right now and see a garden, but I know how to do it. I'm a warrior that hopes they never have to use their skills that they've acquired because that means something's horrible has gone wrong in society, but I'm still a warrior ready. And that's an important concept because it lowers stress level on everything. How much fun is it when you get to utilize these skills that you've trained for? Like when you get a flat tire, you should see all the recovery gear in the back of my vehicle, not just for myself. So I have everything I need, but also to help people in the woods too. I have my ACLS. I'm a nurse. So if you need someone on your team, (laughs) definitely, definitely happy to be part of your adventure. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about Iceland next summer then. Cause I always wanted to go to Iceland. Oh my God. We're doing stuff that look, if, if, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, well, what's the benefit of traveling with Dan? We don't do touristy stuff. We do stuff that tourists don't get to do. 
because we hang out with locals and we hang out with locals that allow us to do special stuff, not just because I'm filming a TV show when we go, but because of the people that we know and the places that we go. We're never tourists. You're never going to, you're never going to see things from way out here and go, Oh, that would have been nice to get closer. Nobody can. We get to do it things that normal people don't do. So when we go to Iceland, we'll be doing stuff and we're talking one of the, <clears throat> one of the hikes I'm working on it right now. We're going to, get dropped in with a helicopter, but we're going to have to repel out of the helicopter to the drop site. And then we're going to hike out. So uh, we're working on getting the special permission to repel out of the helicopter into the drop site. That's the kind of stuff that we do. And it's all calculated. It's all safe, you know, within, within a margin. Yeah. Perfect. And when, years in the garden. Perfect. And then, then, you know, when we were at the Land Rover four by expedition vehicle, I could be the driver. I can yeah, get us it. over ice and rocks and all sorts of fun stuff. That's and great. That sounds like the perfect holiday. Like so many people, they take a holiday and they just go to a resort, hang out on the beach, go to the pool. I'm like, hello, where is the adventure? Right. Yeah. Where's the like the testing? And this is what women do actually when they first date men is they're constantly testing the man. And I think it's important to always test yourself and see how you do in stressful situations, especially as a woman, because when you see your, you, you get yourself in a sticky situation, you have the training, you have the understanding on how to remedy the situation and what to do. She's like, oh my gosh, huge confidence builder. What's next, right? Yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of martial arts for women. I think all women everywhere should train martial arts from a very young age because that that makes things different when we go out and interact with with the regular world. And the regular world gets dicey. No training, good luck. Or lots of training or even a little training going to do way better. Doesn't matter what that is. Heck, somebody's listening to this going, "Well, I stress about money. Well, then get some financial training. It's almost free." There's a thing that we carry around made out of glass and metal with all the information in the known universe and people use it still to watch stupid videos instead of using it for information to change their life. And if you don't know, I'm talking about a cell phone. We carry those things around with us wherever we go. People just aren't utilizing those to the fullest potential because it's hard to get dopamine out of learning something versus social media likes. I get so much dopamine from that. I'm just going to keep doing that. I get the dopamine for being around the apex predators. Come on. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I, like I do like that you mentioned martial arts for women, having done kickboxing for, you know, 12 years, jujitsu for a couple years as well. It gives me so much confidence, not to mention martial artists are particularly good at directing their life force. When you talk to people who study the human biofield and how much energy we have coming off certain parts of the body, they get very good channeling that. That's why Tai Chi and Qigong are also really great too that I'll be getting into. But the amount of confidence I have to be in a situation and know that I'd be a handful just makes me feel really good, really empowered. However, I also attract really beautiful masculine men in my life Then I'm not going to have to use those tools. But if I had to, you know, I, I have that. And then it gives that, that layer of safety and protection and confidence. And it's just really fun. So when you're talking about martial arts and teaching this, Certain people's brains can navigate and negotiate something like jiu-jitsu, which is basically Tetris for the body. Yeah. You're probably noticing that 
people that have well-developed brains, well-adjusted people do really well in this type of sport. And then other people that just kind of like shell up and, you know, go all squirrely with their movements. What do you observe with people when you're teaching the martial arts? Well, I think, and it's been a while since I've taught. Now I'm just a perpetual student just because I'm, I'm teaching people not to die in other ways, right? From the food that they put on their plate instead of from uh, an attacker that might happen. But what I find is that you can be quiet and reserved and still do really, really well in certain martial arts. And you got to find what's right for you. I always lean towards jujitsu because no head trauma. And that's very, very important, right? Plus situations where, where creepy dudes are involved with women, they're probably not going to be eight or nine feet away. You're go it's going to be right happening right in your face. And jujitsu is a really good art for that. Uh, so are various aspects of Krav Maga. If somebody wants to go super violent and train Israeli special forces fighting tactics, nothing wrong with that. But what I what I find is that the more we lean into stuff that's uncomfortable, uh, the more comfortable we get in things that that we need to be comfortable in. I'm a huge fan of introducing strategic nonsense or strategic chaos into my life so that it induces a growth cycle. And the reality is growth doesn't happen when we're watching season five of Yellowstone. It just doesn't. We're sitting on the couch doing nothing, probably eating the, the wrong foods, big giant blue box on in front of us, which isn't bad, right? Not all the time. I, my way to relax sometimes is to put the big blue box on and watch something stupid like South Park or Family Guy or just something that's nonsensical that makes me giggle because it's so dumb because I don't have to think. But keeping that on for hours and hours a day isn't going to grow any part of me, except I grow fatter. That's it, right? So to grow as a human, to evolve, if you will, as a human, to be a better person, we have to step into something that we have to force ourselves to grow into which means we need to apply pressure strategically to areas where we're weak. And if you don't do that, plan on those areas getting weaker as you age. And that sucks. You know, like really, I see people all the time. I see people I've graduated high school with. They get uh, more obese every year. They get weaker muscularly every year. Uh, and they get dumber every year because they're not reading at all, ever, anything. And it's tragic because I'm only 52 I'm not going to start that downward decline until I'm 110-ish. Then I'll just take the last 15 years or 20 years off. I'm not going to start it in my 50s. I got a long way to go. What a giant waste of a gift that we're giving if we're not continually forcing ourselves to grow. And the reason I say that is because, and Rachel, I'm sure you're familiar with this statistic, but the World Health Organization uh, statistic shows that 8 million human beings on this planet every year die of starvation. 8 million, mostly children, die this year while we complain about traffic, while we stress about buying our second house, while we complain that there's nothing to watch on TV, a six-year-old girl is going to die of a disease she can't even pronounce. And we're somehow so far from that that we, it doesn't even register. So I look at the fact that we get to talk. This is a giant gift, absolutely giant gift. And why would I waste this kind of a gift by always doing nothing? I know it's easier, but we just need to turn this thing on a little bit, I think. It works better that way. Sure does. Yeah. So speaking of getting turned on, 
I mean, that was kind of funny how I said that. But what I mean by this is like turning on your power, your radiance, your energy, your life force, turning on your vigor for life. Get your mind into the gutters, everybody. When I first saw you, Dan, at the biohacking conference, I know you thank you for the very lovely compliment that you extended to myself and my small group community at the event. I also noticed this with you. Your energy signature was extremely high vibe and vibrant. I've never seen anybody look at me and just have this brightness and this smile to you that just, you know, lit up everything about you. Like out of everybody there, I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy has got this energy signature that, you know, I really am excited to talk to you and connect with. So I want to hear from you. We, we talked about, you know, stress is kind of made up. It's, we have to deprogram some of the programs. What are your top tips to succeed? In physical health or in life, or do they blend together? Do you want the ones that blend together here? Let well, the body, you. the whole body, mind, spirit, energy stuff, like what is your magic sauce that maybe you don't often talk about? Like, like you mentioned before, you lost that gig because you, you went to woo. I really want you to go woo. Go into the energy, go into the spiritual side of things, yeah. go into the radiant side of things for, for why you emit this beautiful energy that you do, which allows you to succeed. I think it's because I love being alive because I watch my parents die and I, I go to countries I, like this year alone, uh, Canada, here in the US, lots of stuff, Europe, uh, Africa, India, South America, two different countries down there. I'm going to some of these countries. Uh, Tanzania is one of them. Peru is one of them, where in certain areas, people are literally starving and have nothing. Uh, we go to a place in Peru in the Sacred Valley where there's a school that's built. And, you know, I look at the kids there. Uh, some of them have never seen their photograph before. So we always bring an instant camera. There's a tip if you're ever going international, bring an instant camera so you can give kids their photograph because a lot of them, they see them on the iPhones or whatever, but they've never seen an actual printed photograph of themselves. So that's magic. But I see these people who, if, if we look at their income globally, dirt poor, happier than you will ever imagine. Some of the happiest people I have ever met in my life are what we would consider extraordinarily poor, but it's because they have something we're lacking. And the thing that, that we're lacking is that connection to community and that connection with our community to the planet. There is something magical about being outside and it gets really woo-woo when we start talking about how we feel when we're outside and how we feel when we touch the earth and how we feel when we're together in community doing that versus always being alone. So I always go back to this. Here's, I'll give you my top tips uh, and I'll, I'll just list them sort of, but it all goes back to the fact that we're an animal and animals when they're in cages don't do well. Although everything we need is in here, food is in here, shelter's in here, and there's no bears to be found in my place right now at all. Not a single bear. So we tend to stay in here because it's comfortable. But what, what we need to realize is that no other animal lives in cages except humans, and we're, yet we're the only species on the planet that kills itself. That's a problem. Animals don't kill themselves when they go back outside, and nor do humans. When we're outside as a valuable part of a giant community where we're loved and supported and held accountable to do better every day, we tend not to have the mental health disruptions that we're seeing when we lock people in cages 
feed them synthetic food-like products all the time to the point where there's so much that they're gaining weight. So we start with remembering we're an animal. What would you do with your dog if your dog started getting sick? First thing the vet looks at is what's it eating? That's the last thing American doctors look at when you come in sick is what are you eating? So we're going to start with a good, clean diet of plants and animals, meaning if you can't recognize that food outside in its natural environment, then you don't eat it the majority of the time, right? Plants and animals. It's important that if we're taking another life, we do it with dignity and respect. That means grass-fed, grass-finished, pasture-raised, all of the buzzwords that you're paying extra for. That's important if you're harvesting another animal off this planet. Our ancestors called that hunting because those are zero-carbon footprint animals who die very, very quickly from an arrow or a bullet, not feedlot animals. So if you're going to do a plant and animal-based diet, make sure that animal is treated well. We drink water. That's the only beverage ever served outside. That's our primary beverage, even when we're in a cage. We focus on water first, a little bit of coffee. That's okay, but mostly water. We get tons of movement with other people, and tons of movement meaning lots of daily movement, sometimes the occasional running fast, sometimes the occasional picking up heavy things to make that bicep a little bit bigger, right? If I'm not working on my muscles at 52, they're falling apart every single year of my life, that starts at about age 30, folks. You're going to lose muscle mass and skin tone every single year after about age 30. And what I tell people is that's because that's when nature's done with breeding age. Because we don't think of, oh, that's right, our prime breeding ages are about 20s to 35-ish, and then it's all downhill. Yeah, unless you don't let it go downhill, unless you stay virile and vibrant. I'm going to tell you right now, if there's a man listening to this, and he's like, I don't know, my testosterone's low, pick up some heavy stuff. The number one way to get testosterone up is run fast and lift heavy. And if you do that three times a week, testosterone through the roof, even when you're in your 50s, and then you get your mojo back in the bedroom, and then you got a bigger smile on your face at work, and now all of a sudden you're radiant and you don't know how it happened. It happened because you remembered that you need to go back to do the stuff that your ancestors just three generations ago had to do. They had to move. They had to lift heavy. They had to run fast. They had to eat plants and animals because Twinkies hadn't been invented yet, and nor did Coca-Cola. Those things didn't exist. They had to go to bed when it was dark outside because there were chores to do tomorrow. So they got eight or nine hours of sleep. They didn't stress out unless there wasn't food, so they got together as a community. Food sharing was a big thing in some of our smaller communities, and now it's non-existent. We don't even know who our neighbor is. We just need to go back to the basics. There's no new if you're not going to do the basics. Then we can stack some stuff on. Now, it's 2023. We can automate our bedroom to look like outside. We can put plants and animals in our refrigerator. I'm not saying sell it all and go live in the woods, although you'll probably be healthier that way. But you can mimic some of these things indoors. So there's the only woo-woo I tell people is you're an animal. Go follow the natural cycles where you live. This is very important. It's geographical, right? If you live in Iceland, in Northern Iceland, and try to be a vegan, you're going to fail, right? Good. If you want to be a vegan, move further south where it's warmer, where there's way more plants. Do things that your ancestors would have done in a very, very geographical manner, in a community manner, and pay attention to your seasonal shifts, 
because that's going to happen uh, less so in Florida than it is here in North Dakota. But seasonal variations in our patterns happen. And if we pay attention to those and, and we realize that we're bioelectrical, we're going to follow a little bit of that weird moon pattern out there, whether we want to or not. We're made of 65% water and we're bioelectrical. It, there's a, some stuff goes that goes on with us that sometimes we can't explain. And I know the scientists way smarter than me looking for some of these answers, but I keep going back to this. What would you do if I put you outside? That's usually the answer, right? So I have eight magic words and maybe we wrap with this, uh, but remind me to tell you the eight magic words because the eight magic words work for depression, anxiety, weight loss, uh, more productivity, better skin. They work for all of those things. Uh, I don't know if I want to say them yet, but maybe we'll wrap with those because they are truly indeed magic. And it's just eight words. We can write those down and focus on those if we ever don't feel awesome. Because feeling awesome is how we're supposed to feel. One word answer. Think of it yourself if you're watching or listening to this. What's the one word answer? How do you feel after spending the day outside with your family? Charged up. Charged up. Yeah. That's how we should feel every day because that's where we came from. So I tell people, if you don't feel that, if you don't feel calm, relaxed, energized, vibrant, alive, that means something's wrong. Go fix what's wrong. And if your doctor's not helping you fix what's wrong and they're just shoving pills at you, get a new doctor or get so healthy that you can just go to the doctor like I do and say, hey, doc, will you run these blood tests for me? I'm curious. My, like, and I've got torn stuff in my knee because I tried to choke somebody in jujitsu and I did some stuff to my knee that I shouldn't have done. So I'm still fighting through some torn meniscus and summoning Kilimanjaro with it because I've got other technologies. It's 2023. There's some technologies we can put in our bodies that can help heal way faster. There's peptides, there's exosomes, there's things we don't have time for today. I know you know PRP works for, for skin rejuvenation. PRP works really well for some joint rejuvenation as well. Oh, gosh, when it comes to technology. Actually, I do have an opinion on PRP, but I reserve that for a skin camp and one-on-ones because I do love technology for the skin and healing and oh my gosh, if you only knew the tech that I actually have in my home here, you'd be like, you'd be be surprised. So yes, let's talk about your closing words in just a second. Speaking of being uncaged, everyone be sure to check out Uncaged on Brinks.TV as a segment on NAL House Nutrition. Just tell tell everybody a little bit about your show, Uncaged, and what they'll get from it. Well, my big thing has always been to teach people to do what we have to do when we go back outside. If I turn the power off in society, you got three months of stored food and then things are going horribly wrong for us because people forget one of the biggest technologies that keeps us safe indoors is filtered water. Like we just forget that, that that 48% of 8 billion humans on this planet don't have running water. So if you live in a place where you do have running water and the power goes out, that goes away and that causes a whole set of challenges for people that most aren't ready for. So what I teach in Uncaged is how can I be more like my ancestors? How can I move like they had to? How can I eat like they they had to? How can I de-stress like they had to? How can I, what should I be drinking and how maybe can I add some mineral technology into my current water situation to, to do that better, more like my ancestors would have done? Uncaged is about leaving this box that I'm in and going the hell back outside. So what I do on that, on that segment 
and it'll be its own show in sometime in the future, uh, is I go outside and I do fun things. And sometimes those fun things bring me inside, like next weekend when I'm uh, doing some jujitsu with with Miranda Maverick down in uh, Colorado, right? She just won a, a UFC fight in Salt Lake City this last weekend. We're going to do some rolling in uh, in Colorado. That'll put us back indoors. But I was just on her family cattle ranch in southern in uh, the middle of Missouri, southern Missouri, um, spending some time outside with her and her dad. It was absolutely amazing. We are supposed to be outside. And Uncaged is about bringing people back outside and showing them the stuff that's available to do out there and then bringing those lessons into somebody who maybe can't. Somebody who can't travel the world and go to the Amazon jungle in Peru with me this year. I'm going to show you some lessons and how they apply to living in, say, Bismarck, North Dakota. So that's what Uncaged is all about. Super fun. Fantastic. Getting the queen out of the cage to do other things on the ranch together. I love it. And when you mentioned Iceland, I've actually been studying the energies of Iceland for probably about, I don't know, 12, 13 years. So I'm sure I'll be able to share some insights when we have an adventure there too. To No, I've always wanted to go, but I've been tuning into the energies there for quite some time. Oh and I know a lot of people that have done specific types of tours, which I'll talk to you off, off air on. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share with us all what that acronym was. Yeah, so the eight magic words. And later this year when I'm in India, we will be chanting this with 700,000 people in a live audience. We're going to have them all chant this together because these eight magic words, I call them magic. I use the word magic when nobody makes money when you do them. Right? Nobody's going to make money if you just go do this, but it works. It doesn't cure anything, right? Let's get that out of the way now. But it works to make us feel better when we're sad or depressed or anxious. It makes weight loss way easier. It makes you more productive. It gives you all kinds of really delicious feel-good hormones, and it lowers your, your wanting of eating some of the nonsense food. So it makes you want to eat better. Are you ready for the eight magic words? Grab some friends. Go outside and move your body. That's it. No one makes money when you do it. Move your body can be anything, anything you want it to be. The word we're going to translate uh, in, in India will be the word play. Grab some friends, go outside and play. Whatever that means, right? It doesn't have to be friends. It could be your kids. It could be somebody else in your family. Grab somebody in your community if you want to phrase it that way. Go the hell back outside where you belong and do something. Don't just sit there and drink beer and look at the lake. Do outside. The magic is always in the doing. Right? We can talk about this all day long, but if somebody doesn't get up and do something, nothing happens. So grab some friends, go outside, move your body. The next time you don't feel awesome or radiant or vibrant or virile or all those other cool words that you know you felt at one point in your life, the next time you tune in with yourself and you go, oh, gosh, I just don't feel that great, grab some friends, go outside, move your body. Watch what happens Hey, shoot Rachel a message when you're done and go, oh my God, that worked. And do that over and over and over for six months in a row and tell me how much weight you lose because it works. Grab some friends, go outside, move your body. doesn't have to be more complicated than that. That's health and wellness and that's longevity 101. Love it, love it. And did you know that research shows women who fish are happier? So grabbing those friends, going outside, having some fun, moving around, you know, getting that rot out there 
get that fish. I mean, that's, that's, you know, reeling a big fish in takes quite a bit of energy. Actually. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so thank you so much, Dan Miller, for joining us. Everybody learn more at danmillerwellness.com. Check out the links in the description of this episode to check out his show Uncaged and as y'all know, this is not medical advice, educational information. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. I look forward to hanging out with you again in person. Dan Miller, you are an ex- extremely high vibe, radiant man. Very happy to have you in my community. 